This is Trey Heat from the Primetime Heat, and you're listening to the BPW Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. BPW Nation, Big Joe back again. Another episode of the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hard to believe this is episode number 19 as we're coming up on that historic 20 episode mark already. You know what they say, when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And that is certainly the case here for us today. Now, we have uh, Sage Santiago joining me here. Uh, Reggie Banner is a little under the weather, so he is taking the week off. Uh, we ta- I talked to Reggie earlier. He sounds absolutely atrocious, so wanted to let him rest up. Reggie, feel better, my friend. Sage, welcome to the pod. How you doing? Ah, you know the angel voice is always doing good, Big Joe. How about you? I'm ready, man. I uh, missed this student show because I was out uh, at a wedding this weekend, but uh, was able to watch it back on the on the replay and uh, can't wait to talk about it. So we have a full BPW Futures Presents Ready or Not review that Sage and I will be breaking down match by match, giving you the results. few quick notes before we get started. We actually have a bonus future show this month bpw futures presents strike first this is another future show coming june 23rd now this is not our normal day and time so june 23rd that is a friday bell time 7 30 p.m and this will be at the split rock resort um and then followed following that on june 25th of course our uh staple pay-per-view bpw reloaded is june 25th sunday bell time 5 p.m at the signature performance center 137 aaron lane in broadheadsville pennsylvania a few notes that i wanted to hit on right there so i'm just gonna get right into it sage we had uh Quite a few matches here. The another hot crowd. The crowd is for the future show, like our pay-per-views, is growing each and every month. They continue to fill the dojo, they continue to fill the event venue where we have the pay-per-views. And you can really see the growth that BPW is having. And we're gonna talk about that here in this podcast because we had some new faces once again coming in and debuting here. And speaking of, we have Drew Marston taking on BPW's own Tim Theory in the opening match. Now, uh, Drew Marston, if we if we remember back at Cream of the Crop, he tagged with RJ Carnage, and they had the, the tall task, uh, pun intended, of taking on Ox Adams, the 7-foot, 300-plus-pound monster, in a two-on-one handicap match, and they didn't fare too well. Um, as we're going to discuss here, Marston actually did – a lot better this time in a one-on-one environment, although he was taking on Tim Theory. I I thought, you know, he really gave it to Theory throughout the match. Um, Theory comes out, does his thing. He does his little entrance showcase that he does. You know, he puts on some some acrobatics for the crowd with his his rolls and his kip-up and his flips and stuff like that. The the biggest thing I noticed right away was Marston's unique offense. He was able to stay on top of theory the whole time. Reminded me offensively kind of our own Nolan Pierce with the the kicks. I mean, just kicks for days, all different levels of kicks. So he's changing eye level of theory. Um, But in the end, I mean, it was 
common results for um, Tim Theory. He was able to land the Chaos Theory and pick up the pinfall victory one two three over Drew Marston. Now another thing I wanted to I wanted to mention too. So we have guys debuting here in in BPW that are actually champions in other promotions here on the East Coast, which is the case for Drew Marston. So everybody that comes here is top flight performance level these guys are the best of the best throughout the east coast and i mean just to just to prove that i mean marston is a champion coming in he's in the opening match against tim theory who is one of our most experienced guys on the futures roster sage starting this having this be the first match on the card there do you think there could have been a better pairing to get the crowd into the show and everything no i most definitely think not you know drew really took me away especially because um you know from the pay-per-view he got you know the living hell beat out of him by ox adams and to see him have that match against him was incredible i mean uh i talked to him before the show and he calls himself the dynamic drew marston and that's quite obvious i don't i really don't think there could have been there could have been a better opening match for our paper for our future show than that yeah i have to agree um Marston came out. I thought Theory was going to kind of have a walk in the park, and it was actually the opposite. Marston really gave it to him, and uh, Theory ended up taking some damage here. I mean, it looks like he just caught him at the the right place, the right time with the Chaos Theory finisher that he uses, and uh, it was lights out. Rolling into match number two, we have a uh, triple threat match, and we actually had the one competitor on the podcast last week, the OG Code Red from Primetime Heat, and he took on Rob Tragedy and Kai Sky in a triple threat. Now, I mean, right off the bat, you could see the size difference of Code Red versus the other two guys uh, literally towering over these guys. And Code, obviously, with the the size advantage, the strength advantage. Um Code and Kai Sky started off the match with a little teamwork to get Rob Tragedy out of the ring. And, uh, you know, Kai Sky pulled a little veteran move here, and he, he tried to hit Code immediately with the schoolboy, which I'm sure he didn't see coming. But, um, you know, he wasn't able to get the three. Code was able to kick out of that. All three men going back and forth in, in this match here. And uh, in the end, it was Code. He landed not one, but two decimators as he likes to call them which is that uh really that high angle uranagi slam and it, it boy does he hit that with authority when code lifts up his opponents with this decimator you can see the the velocity that he's driving them into the mat with and there's no way that feels good so uh code did exactly what he was going to do he said you know on our podcast he said the only tragedy for rob tragedy is going to be code red coming into town and you know <laughs> He, he's not sweating anybody else uh, in the match. So, yeah, Code Red lived up to his his good word there. And uh, this is the first time we're going to talk about this. But the uh, the new um, the new attitude change that we're seeing from primetime heat. So we have uh, the crowd very much into um, into Code Red, into primetime heat. And, and you could see it. Code actually showed some sportsmanship after this match. This is the first time since bpw relaunched back in november of 2022 code red's actually you know showing respect to his opponents now shaking kai sky's hand uh sage i know you're going to be thrilled about this you, you're uh, admittedly a big primetime heat fan so your boy code picks up the victory here on the second match of the card in a triple threat so any thoughts on this one 
I was beyond happy. I mean, I wasn't really worried hearing about this match. I knew Code was going to pick it up regardless. And I don't know if you caught it, but when he was coming out to the ring, he wasn't stealing people's money this time. He was just, you know, collecting donations. So it was really great to see that also, Um, you know, that big change of heart in him. Um, I, I got to say, Rob Tragedy, I think, I think he's so much fun to watch. Um, however, I, I, I still wasn't worried at all for Code Red. I, I knew he was going to win. So it wasn't like an opinion. It was just a matter of fact, Big Joe. I've heard that phrase before. Yeah, it's 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 just a good phrase. It's a good phrase, Big Joe. Great <laughs> phrase. <laughs> All right. Match number three. Rolling right off of this one. This one, we had another big debut here in the battlefield. South Philly's finest. Uh, Jimmy Conway and Luca Brasi taking on the debuting Vetrano brothers. Um, right off the bat, before we even get into this, I just want to say this. The Vetrano brothers... Immediately, I'm thinking British Bulldogs back in the, the 80s, um, early 90s. Dynamite Kid and uh, early Davy Boy Smith. They have a similar look. Um, not quite as, as big yet, but these guys are so young. I mean, they're going to spend plenty of time in the gym and develop um, their their bodies and everything like that. So the Toronto Brothers coming in. The names, too. How <laughs> These names. Stock and Mook. I love Amazing. It. I like love right it. there. Yeah. You, you have to love that. I mean, they're just, th that just screams pro wrestling. So stock and Mook, um, they're coming in SPF starting this match with their new attitude. Now, since they at cream of the crop, apparently had a change of heart and wanted to, uh, turn on the BPW crowd and turn on, uh, you know, really pull a sneak attack on primetime heat and stuff like that. They're stalling at the beginning of the match. Really, showing their true colors here you know they're mocking the crowd they're mocking their opponents um not a big fan of that sort of stuff i mean just get in there and fight i, I i'm not a fan of the stalling tactics but i get it it's a mental thing you want to get in your opponent's heads and, and piss them off take them out of their game stuff like that spf did a really good job here and this is the difference you'll see the experience come into play here spf cut off the ring a majority of this match um Poor Mook really got worked over here. I mean, he was getting chopped, um, getting thrown all over the outside of the ring. These guys, again, able to cut off the ring and keep him isolated. Now, when Stock finally made the tag, it, Mook made the tag to Stock, and Stock came into the ring, this is where they made the mistake. So Stock came in, hit a big move, and then almost immediately he was looking for a tag team maneuver with Mook, but Mook was, had so much taken out of him, he – wasn't ready to come back in yet. In my opinion, um, Stock should have stayed in there and, and did his thing one-on-one -on -one as far as long as he could to at least give his brother some time to, to, to take a powder over there in the corner. But in the end, it was an exhausted Mook um, getting, getting caught with the finisher from SPF. They took advantage, and uh, you could see that. But the bigger story here, Alpha Jr. immediately after the match came out and uh, made the announcement – Based on crowd reaction, you know, if the Vetrano brothers, if we would like to see them back here in BPW, and it was a, it was a resounding obvious yes from the crowd. They cheered these kids um, tremendously loud, and then you could see the excitement on their faces. They went over and had a moment with their family. Uh, moments like this again is why we do this in this business. And BPW um, certainly has opportunities for up and comers. Very, very excited to see the Vetrano brothers again. Um, 
Sage, we, we've seen a lot of debuts lately, and especially here on Futures. How do you think the Vetrano brothers are going to fare in this tag division? Oh, my God. They were so incredible to watch. I think one of my favorite things was that we got a debut of a new tag team. Um, And they put one up one hell of a match. I mean, against South Philly's finest, one of the, you know, I mean... I'm not saying I'm a fan of South Philly's finest, but they are one hell of a tag team, especially in Battlefield Pro Wrestling. Um, and oh god, I just getting to talk to them, they are just so they're just two brothers that are so grateful for every opportunity that they get. And they're so full of heart and will. And I, I you know, I loved it. I love seeing them debut. I, I love the match and I can't wait to see them again. Yeah, I definitely, again, I uh, second that emotion for sure. The Toronto Brothers' successful debut in the sense that they were able to secure a roster spot, but, uh, you know, picked up the loss to, let's face it, the much more experienced tag team. But again, watching these two, you could see their, their motions are very fluid. The athleticism is off the charts. These guys, are, I think they're going to have a lot of success here, and they're definitely going to be in the running for those inaugural BPW tag belts once those get debuted. Most definitely, Move. I agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, rolling into the next match, this one, another mismatch. And, uh, you know, it's like a broken record here when we talk about Ox Adams. I mean, it's going to be really, really difficult to find somebody that isn't, that he isn't a mismatch for. Uh, standing at seven feet tall, 300 plus pounds. I mean, man, th this is just going back to like, the prototypical uh, old school professional wrestler. Like these, all these guys were giants back in the day. And um, we kind of went away from that. And we see, you know, I want to say normal sized human beings, you know, like Deshaun Michaels, the Bret Hart's of the world, um, kind of taking the ball and running with it. And then we have smaller guys like the Cruiserweights, the Rey Mysterios, the, the Brian Kendricks, the Casey Navarro's. Uh, guys like that are still showing that, you know, the way that they can adjust their fighting style, that they can compete with just about anybody. Um, but Ox is a throwback as far as the, the size and strength game goes. And he comes out, he's taking on Urinagi, and your heart's going to break for this one, uh, uh, fans of Bryce Reedus and Urinagi, because this, this one was ugly. Uh, it, it was ugly the whole time. Um, you could just see it was like a kitten trying to attack a tractor trailer. I mean, Uranagi tried to land any sort of damage on Ox Adams, but it was all for naught. I mean, Ox, he, he was basically pie facing Uranagi. And when he would do that, he would send him flying across the ring. And that's what, like, that's how the match started. And I knew right from the bat that this was just a bad day at the office for Yuri. And uh, I mean, he was throwing him around. We saw some Beal throws, like launching him like a lawn dart. Um, Ox with the huge choke slam. I mean, he lifted this kid out of his boots and, and just drove him right through the canvas. Easy, easy day at the office for Ox Adams. One, two, three, picking up the pinfall victory. Um, so Sage, we've seen Ox fight JJ Smith. We've seen him go two on one against RJ Carnage and Drew Marston. And now we've seen him go against Urinagi. I'm calling it right now, Ox Adams. Um, it's time for a step up in competition here, big guy. Like, uh, all right, you made your point. You're you're a bad dude, right? You're a big guy, everything like that. You can bully around the smaller guys. Uh, let let's get back up there. Let's get back up into their, to your own weight division here. Let's let's find a heavyweight and get that get somebody to come in against Ox. 
Uh, Sage, would you agree with me? Or, I mean, or do you think one of these the smaller statured wrestlers is going to be able to pull the rabbit out of the hat one day and shock the world? I mean, I don't think it would ever be, you know, not a possibility that one of the smaller guys could, you know, do this. But I definitely agree with you. I think it's time that he starts going against guys that, like, are his own size. I mean, the, from the very first student show, he did go against Code Red. And Code and him are, like, relative almost in height. You know what I mean? Oh. Kind of. But you know what I mean? Like, they're like the same size. And he managed to not pick up that victory against Code Red. So right now, it just kind of seems like he wants to, you know, instead of trying to prove that he's some big, I don't feel like he's proving that he's a big, tough guy. Instead, I just feel like he just wants to be a bully at the end of the day. See, what you said there is interesting because the illusion that Code Red is the same size as Ox Adams, you, you have that perception because of how much smaller the other guys that he's wrestled are compared to him code is not nearly seven feet tall I but, know, but like he looks a lot wise yeah stature for sure yeah he's very he he's built a lot bigger, bigger. than these other guys yeah so i got yeah. what you're saying there that's so, what i'm trying to get as like he's probably yeah. the biggest guy he's gone against so far and he lost against him it, he did he did i mean there was some some outside help at that point but I, I want to see that match run back again. So maybe that's the next time. Maybe that's it. If the BPW brass is listening, hey, podcast wants Ox Adams versus Code one-on-one. And let's see what happens. That, that's a good call. So um, about halfway through this card here, Sage. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take a quick pause for one of our sponsors. Hey, BPW Nation, Big Joe here, the voice of the battlefield, here to tell you about another one of our great sponsors, Studio R Photography. Studio R Photography is an on-location studio based out of the Pocono Mountains and features the work of photographer Regina. Servicing northeastern Pennsylvania, Studio R Photography specializes in all types of sessions, from family mini sessions to events and branding to weddings and formal events. Let Studio R Photography help you tell your story. Get in touch with them today. 570-982-9727 or check them out on Instagram at studiorphotography.621. That's at studiorphotography.621. And we are back. Big thanks to our sponsors as always. Uh, match number five, another multi-man match. We saw Adam Lockwood versus the intellectual interrupter J.J. Smith versus R.J. Carnage. So Lockwood comes out with this with this pocket watch and, and he calls his whole his whole thing the, the Lockwood method, right? So he comes out, he tries to hypnotize his opponents. And uh we actually saw this right at the beginning of the match. Lockwood applied this Lockwood method with uh to, to poor JJ Smith, and then Lockwood and RJ Carnage super kicked the glasses right off of JJ's face. Like double super kick. Right to the guy's right to the guy's puss and down he goes. I thought that I didn't think we were gonna see JJ Smith for the rest of the match, to be honest with you. I mean, just holy crap. Bodies flying everywhere throughout this match, and that's to be expected in a match that has JJ Smith, RJ Carnage, and Adam Lockwood, three of the most athletic guys on the roster. We saw RJ perform a somersault dive to the outside of the ring. This kid does not care about his body he he has that very much that kamikaze offense like he knows he's going to take damage but he's going to try and do as much damage as he can to his opponents while he's taking the damage that he's inflicting to himself but 
Love the ending to this match. RJ Carnage able to land the 450 splash on JJ Smith and pick up the pinfall victory. One, two, three. I can't say enough about RJ Carnage. This guy, uh, I mean, when you see him in the ring and uh, you see the type of moves that he's able to pull off, you're just absolutely amazed. And that's what we saw here with the somersault sent on and the, uh, the 450 splash. I can't imagine how difficult it is to perform a 450 splash. First of all, to make sure that you get your body around, you know, the proper amount of times so that you can land the move, but also just having the balls to even attempt it in the first place. Um, but we can see there it's a good finishing move to have because usually when you land a move like that with that, that much impact, um, because you're picking up the velocity as you're rotating and then you're just coming down full force across somebody's solar plexus. I mean, it's it's going to be very difficult for them to, to kick out of there. Uh, Sage, in the past, we've had J.J. Smith on the podcast and, uh, you know, Adam Lockwood, we're starting to see him more and more each month now. But R.J. Carnage, very, very impressive here. And he, again, was coming off that loss because he was in the, the handicap match loss to Ox Adams. So um, do you think this is going to catapult him to a possible winning streak here? Do you think he'll be able to piece them together now as he's coming out each and every month? Yeah. I most definitely think so. I mean, RJ is somebody that I think I'd speak for everyone for this part is he's so much fun to watch. Like he's so mesmerizing in the ring. And I think that, you know, lost at the pay-per-view that kind of just like showed him what to look out for. I I mean, you can't deny the fact that he did try and put up a fight against Ox Adams. Uh, he did, he did, you know, for somebody that kind of you had, I don't want to say no chance, but kind of had lower chance of beating Knox Adam. He he did pretty well in that match. Um, however, I think that most definitely is going to be in the back of his head on what to look out for. And I think that's just going to help him start picking up all these victories in Battlefield. And just having the fan support also. I mean, it's the fans love him. There's no denying that. What do you think, Big Joe? They really do. I mean... Um, he is magnetic as far like he comes out and the crowd instantly gravitates towards him and they want to cheer him on. Even during the match with Ox last at the last pay-per-view, they were behind this kid. It was it was absolutely phenomenal. So looking forward to more RJ Carnage um in the future. Match number six. Now, this <laughs> we have been going on and on and on about V Marino, excuse me, superstar V Marino, you know, it just coming out there and we can't believe that he is only 20 years old and uh he's taking on another young member of the roster in Bryce Reyes who shares the same age i mean two of the youngest guys we have but also two of the more polished already but V Marino with that mullet and everything else he, he i've said this before the guy looks 46 years old out there i mean it's it's hysterical he's like he's uncle V from uh from the barbecue like seriously he, he's one open button-down Hawaiian shirt and a huge, like, a, a, what do they call that? The, the Horn of Italy uh, chain emblem away from uh, being legitimately 46. And uh, V Marino is obviously, he's also having, like, a wardrobe crisis because every show he has uh, he has a new set of tights or a new look. I mean, he's we've seen him in trunks. We've seen him in pants. Now he comes out with the singlet. Like, they, the guy's coming out in a singlet. Like, okay, dude, like... It, it, Talk about identity crisis problems. Like, figure out who you are, V. Marino. With feather uh, boas. He had feather boas this time, too. He did. That was awesome. 
I, know, I, mean, I liked it. I can't. He's gonna be pissed that I'm uh, breaking his balls about his wardrobe, but I don't care. Whatever. I mean, D. Marino's a jerk, so he deserves it. And then, like I said, he's taking on Bryce Reedus. Um, and w- what a great match here. So we saw right at the beginning, V Marino, though, showing his uh, amateur background a little bit, doing some leg trips and, and uh, you know, single leg takedowns and, and things like that. Um, it, it was a good match back and forth for what it was. Um, Bryce had to chase V around a little bit and uh, both men feeling each other out. I definitely want to see this again, Sage, because here's what we're going to get to this right now. Uh, v Marino gets the pinfall via roll up. But the little weasel pulled the tights, and the ref didn't see it. So V Marino escapes with another victory. And I get it. We have these guys on the podcast, like the guys like Vinny Mack, Joey Martinez, um, even even Primetime Heat. They say it doesn't matter how you get the victory. It just matters that you get the victory. So I understand that to a degree. Um, But I'd like to see it kept a little bit more clean. And – I know you were probably upset about this one because you're you're a big Bryce Reedus guy, uh, girl. Sorry, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but the the story here, uh, Scott Sable, the 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 inspirational one. Scott Sable comes out and he actually challenges V Marino to a match at that Strike First Student Show on June 23rd at Split Rock. Um, how do you feel about this? And and. And do you know of anything? Because you're, you know, you do the ring announcing and stuff. Was there any interaction with these two backstage that you're aware of, or was this just like spur of the moment type stuff? You know, I didn't see anything backstage. Well, I at least while I was backstage, I didn't hear or see anything. But the one thing I think we need to keep in mind is that we haven't seen Scott Sable at the future shows in a little bit now. I think challenging V Marino is kind of his way of trying to, you know, get back out there, get that name for himself because. Uh, for the few for, for the few, first few months while the future shows were happening, he was a fan favorite. I mean, people loved him. So I think uh challenging V Marino is definitely his way of trying to show, like, hey guys, I'm back. I'm here to go against one of the best. Um, let's do this, you know, type of feel. And especially on our first road show at that for the future. So I mean, it was kind of shocking for me, but I definitely think there is you know, something in Scott Sable's mind that makes him go, yeah, I need to do this. I need to fight V Marino. What what exactly? Maybe they do have beef. Uh, what exactly it is, I do not know, but um, that's just my opinion. What about you, Big Joe? Well, if I was a betting man, Sage Santiago, and I am, mm-hmm. um, I would say there's probably less people that uh, don't have beef with V Marino than people that do. Um just because of the way the guy carries himself. I mean, class A jerk. So, yeah, the V Marino. Yeah, not uh, not a fan. Next match here, rolling right through this card. Match number seven, Timid Tamir versus the Philadelphia Playboy. You talk about uh, charisma from both of these guys. Tamir, Tim and Tamir, I think, is one of the more underrated wrestlers here. Uh, this guy, I, I'm a big fan of this kid's work. He He's he's a, 135 pounds, right? You're, you're looking at that and you're thinking, holy smokes, he, he's just a, just a little dude and, you know, he's not going to stand a chance in there. However, he gets in the ring with anybody. He doesn't care. Timid is such an oxymoron as far as his name goes, because he's actually the opposite of that when it comes to getting in the ring. 
And I, he, him and the Playboy, this was a really good matchup on paper. Um, because it's just the, the, the point is, Tim and Tamir, Philadelphia Playboy, for as much as they're different, they're very similar. They both come out and they're both, you know, pandering to the crowd in a different way. Tamir doesn't need the the, the crowd's uh, approval. Playboy runs around. He gives his gives his roses. He does his swivel. Gets the love of the BPW Nation on his side. This match, though, I mean, overall, back and forth, Tamir landed those huge slaps. He calls them the bitch slaps to uh, Playboy's chest and back. And, I mean, it's a slap, but my goodness, that still hurts. And if anything, it's just going to piss you off. So it, the match went back and forth for a while. Playboy was able to land the panty dropper, which is his patented spine buster, and he's able to get the pinfall victory. So Philadelphia Playboy, another victory here in Battlefield Pro Wrestling and easily one of the fan favorites. So we'll be looking forward to seeing him back here again. Sage, any input on this match? I mean, I know you're a big fan of the Playboy as well, so I'm sure you're happy about this. Um, His finishing move's called the Panty Dropper? <laughs> it, it really is. I Oh my god, I did not know that. Um, Anyways, I think my favorite thing about this match was just, you know, it's the Playboy intimate to me. They're like so beyond different, but yet so similar in a way. And um, at one point, Timid Tamir, he did this like screech and it sounded like one of those alarms that people carry in case they get kidnapped. I thought it was going off and I got terrified for a minute. And so I looked <laughs> in the ring and I was like, oh, it's just Timid Tamir. But um, I really like this match, actually. I, I would love to see them run it back. I feel like Playboy and Timid Tamir are both two people that are just so incredibly fun to watch. And I, I think they put on a really great show. They do. And uh, that's a... That's a shout out to Reggie Banner here because he mentions that shriek every blessed time we talk about a Tim and Tamir match. And you did not disappoint our guy, Reggie, who is listening at home. Um, now, here we go. The next match here, a rematch from the last Futures event. We have Harlan Calix with Mike Payton. And, and I mean, hey, stinky. I, I mean, that's just the first thing. As soon as I see Mike Payton on the screen, it's like, you know, they say you can't smell pictures and like you can't smell videos. Well, as soon as he came on, I just it smelled like piss. I don't know. I, I could go on for days on, on this guy, but I, I, I can't. I, I mean, stinky pig pen Peyton. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Leading Harlan Calix to the ring, taking on Arson Kruger. Now, these two, again, have been going back and forth. On well, these three have been going back and forth on Facebook. Uh, mostly Peyton leading the way, um, trying to take jabs at uh, Arson and everything like that. And if we look at this match again, of course, we're going to see Mike Peyton stick his nose in where it doesn't belong and get involved in the match. He was um, he was essential in Harlan Calix picking up this victory here, which he did. But the way that it went wrong, the way, the way that it, it, it happened, um, Harlan Calix actually had a chair at one point. And he was going to bring it in and use it, obviously, against Arson Kruger. But uh, Peyton actually stopped him from taking the chair into the ring. Now, that was a distraction enough for the referee. And while this happened, Harlan Calix hits Arson with brass knuckles and is able to pick up the pinfall victory. So it, this guy, I, I mean, there needs to be a match where so here's what i would do 
right? And this might be a little bit of the fantasy booking, but let's have a let's have a Mike Payton in a shark tank or a shark cage match where um he cannot interfere in the match. And dare I say, if Arson Kruger wins the match, he should get at least three minutes alone with Mike Payton in the ring as Harlan Calix has to watch. So I mean that that's my proposal for the the BPW uh booking committee but uh let's let's take this weasel out of the mix because he he just I we're sick of him and we're sick of him interfering in the matches to get uh, his clients to victories but I'm sure this isn't over Arson Kruger's not going to take that laying down um and since Harlan Calix wants to to use brass knuckles why don't we make it a hardcore match let's yeah, do it yeah why not I, I know, love I mean, the idea of Mike Payton in a shark tank. I think we just need to keep up up there though, the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know show. you're not a fan of him because of the way that he's treated you um, throughout the past few months and everything like that. Uh, so hopefully we get our wish one day. Uh, another debut Sage. It's the show of debuts. We yeah. have Malik, <laughs> Malik Del Monte versus El Genesis Yafet. Now El Genesis Yafet, we've seen, Several times already. Very impressed with his work coming over from Puerto Rico. Um, the 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 story here is how well uh, Malik Del Monte did in his BPW debut. And uh, again, I think this speaks volumes for us as a company because people come in here and they're making their debuts, but they give this their best. Like you know, like that's their WrestleMania. Like they have to go in there and do the absolute best they can. Uh, win, win or lose, and uh, Malik did that very, very well. And I, I am a hundred percent positive that we're going to see more of him here in the battlefield. Now, um, this match, you know, we saw Yafet; he hit a low blow on Malik while the referee was distracted, um, and then ultimately Yafet caught him with his finishing move, which he calls the beginning and the end, and it's a belly to belly suplex into a uh, a rock bottom type Uranagi slam. Very, very high impact move there. And like I said before, I've said this at nauseum pretty much about Genesis having a unique offense. And that's definitely one thing he brings here because a lot of guys don't know don't know how to match up against him because he does have that unique fighting style. And you've mentioned it before about his uh, Puerto Rican pride and everything, you know, as far as that goes and just having a different attitude. And with yourself having the Puerto Rican heritage as well. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you, Sage, and let you uh, comment on this match. Yeah, of course. I definitely, um, we definitely saw that Puerto Rican pride hop out of El Genesis during this match. Um, I think the thing is, he definitely went into this match. Uh, he definitely did not take Malik as any sort of threat. Um, I would say, again, that's like a Puerto Rican thing. You know, you go out there and you're expecting like someone that you know, some big name, and then you get someone that you're not as familiar with, and you're like, okay, I'm going to beat. I'm going to beat the living shit out of this person. Excuse my language. Um, but that's just how, in a way, that's just kind of how um, most Puerto Ricans think, you know. Um, I actually really liked Malik. I thought he was fun as hell to watch. Um, he knew how to get the crowd going when he came out. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's just El Genesis was not going to give up. He lost at the last Future Show. There was no way he was going to allow himself to pick up a second loss, you know, from at the next future show and you know at our june 23rd show if he has another match definitely don't think he's gonna you know tread lightly like he's gonna he's gonna give it his all and i think maybe he needs to go up against sam adams again <laughs> so he can get a little humbled but um 
Yeah, that's just pretty much how it is. Speaking of Sam Adams, we are going to roll into our co-main and our main events of the evening. But once again, we are going to pause for an ad break here. So you can hear from uh, one of our great sponsors that helps us uh, keep the lights on here at the battlefield. Hi, BPW Nation. This is Big Joe Machesco, the voice of the battlefield. And I'm here to tell you about one of our terrific sponsors, the Biscontini Law Firm. The Biscontini Law Firm is your premier Pennsylvania personal injury law firm. Peter Biscontini, one of BPW's referees and the commissioner of BPW, will work personally one-on-one. Car accidents, work injuries, slip and falls, and medical malpractice all the types of cases the Biscontini Law Firm handles. You wouldn't take your air conditioner to an auto mechanic, so why would you take your personal injury case to one of those general law firms where the lawyer pretends to handle everything? Call the Biscontini Law Firm for your personal injury needs. No fee until they win. 570-283-7777. Again, that's 570-283-7777. All right, we are back, and we have two matches left here, and then we have two segments that we are going to take a look at here. Um, actually, three matches, I do apologize. We have Vinnie Mac taking on Sam Adams. Like I said, prior to uh, us getting into this, you said maybe he needs to take on Sam Adams again. Well, Sam Adams finds himself in a big spot here in, in, in BPW already. This is his third appearance here for us, and he's already in the co-main event taking on one of our biggest stars in Vinnie Mac. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. But <laughs> um, I I have to be unbiased here, and uh, I have to do my job as an analyst. And I will say this: uh, Vinnie Mac looks looks like he's in top shape. I mean, this guy um, obviously is following his meal plan. He's definitely spending a lot of time in the gym. Like, let's face it: you don't get to look like these guys do by not putting the work in. So, um, hats off to Vinnie Mac. I mean, as far as uh, really presenting himself like he he's a cornerstone piece to any wrestling company like if you want to build a professional wrestler you don't need to look too much further than Vinnie Mac I mean he's got the he's got the height he's got the athleticism he's got the the strength to hang with a variety of different weight classes and like I said he just really looks like he's he's getting chiseled I mean the, the guy looks like he's spending a lot of time in the gym and it really showed here and then he takes on Sam Adams uh, again, the pride of Puerto Rico coming out here and um, going back and forth. This was a this was a good match. I mean, he definitely took it to Vinny Mac, but in the end, as with many championship material matches, Vinny Mac's able to to catch him in that package pile driver and and pick up the victory. Now we saw Joey Martinez making an ass of himself on commentary. Um, going over there and, and bothering the guys and Big Sean and Reggie were doing commentary for this for this future show. And uh we got the unfortunate um the unfortunate scenario of listening to Joey Mac run Joey Martinez. Oh my God. What is happening to me? <laughs> How about like, Joe Joe speaking like together. <laughs> to, they are. They yeah. are together. Joey Martinez running his yapper on the microphone. But the bigger story comes here because Joey Martinez was pretty loose for having a match against this man, the mad butcher, Phil Insane. Phil Insane didn't even wait for championship material to get back into the locker room before he made his presence felt. So there was no need for another championship material entrance because Phil Insane came out and uh, he kind of made the entrance for them. 
But uh, Phil's able to get in there, and he took on Joey Martinez. And as I expected, Phil was able to pick up the victory here. Uh, Sage, as far as championship material goes, they can show when they're in one-on-one matches. Like, we've seen Martinez and Sean Maluda put on, like, just a match that's easily a four-star match. Um, And then we see Vinnie Mac, and we know he's definitely near the top in contention for the title when we do launch the heavyweight title um it's 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 hard not to give this guy credit because of the effort and he puts in there um his attitude might not be the most fan friendly but he doesn't care and that's fine and at the end of the day it's not the fans that are going to uh get in the ring and fight for him so i can kind of understand to a degree you know, why he has that attitude. He's Vinnie Mac's going to do what Vinnie Mac does, what's best for Vinnie Mac. And uh, Martinez is along for the ride. And it's the same thing with him. These two guys linked at the hip right now. Um, I'm, I want to see what happens when, when these two go their separate ways. I mean, there's going to be a disagreement at one point. Um, every tag team, every, every set of best friends, every, sibling even with your parents there's always those instances where you have those uh those moments where you're you're not exactly happy with the other person um do these both of these guys with the egos that they have would they be able to weather a storm like that like say what if uh what if any mac does win the heavyweight title where does that leave joy martinez does he feel like second fiddle maybe he gets a little jealous or vice versa what if Joey picks up some gold here? Maybe he does. I mean, is Ruta the key to keeping them together? I was going to say, if they break up, it's going to be a one-on-one match for the custody of Mr. Ruta. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's going to, there's going to come a time where that that is a reality that they're going to have to face. And we'll have to see. Um at the end of the day, who wants it more? I mean, again, I gotta say though, I feel like Joey were to win the championship. I feel like Vinnie Mac would get more jealous than vice versa. A hundred percent. I feel like if Vinnie Mac won it, Joey would be like, hell yeah, that's my best friend. But I feel like if Joey were to win it, Vinnie Mac would be like, Hey, that's my belt. You know, that's my championship. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. I mean, it's just the way that their personalities come across. Joey would definitely be more supportive. I think we're, Vinnie Mac would probably be a little more jealous, but um, mm-hmm. Phil came out here, did his thing. Um, props to Joey Martinez for getting in the in the ring with Phil. Uh, Phil's an absolute monster, just a total maniac. And, uh, you know, like I said, he hit the primal cut and got Martinez out of there. One, two, three. And now, Sage Santiago, time for our main event. Of the evening, we had primetime heats Dio Bando and the rabid pitbull Trey Heat taking on the brothers Gray. Now, this is awesome because this match was actually called out by primetime heat on the pod last week. And when we asked who would they like to face here from the futures roster, and uh, they said the brothers Gray, so they got their wish here, they were able to uh, go toe to toe with them here. And uh, Sage, I'm going to kick it over to you since you seem to be the main event uh, guru. How's that? Guru? Um, it's because all my favorite boys are always in the main event. Well, it's your, yeah. I mean, you've done more main event breakdowns than any of us here. So uh, go ahead. 
give us the good news. The good news is that primetime heat won like I knew they would. Like I've always predicted, like I always say, I mean, the brothers Gray definitely put up one hell of a fight. I mean, there's no denying the fact that they are not an incredible tag team, that they're not definitely going to be, definitely not going to be like, not a challenge for those tag team championships when they come about. However, I think, you know, there's just no denying the power of primetime heat. When you're put up against them, I I don't know what their opponents are really thinking. I like, do they big Joe? Tell me this. Do they actually think they stand a chance in defeating primetime heat? Um, and I have a quick answer for you. The answer is yes, because ah, any... no, 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 no. go back, big Joe, go back. <laughs> Anybody that does this um, is not, if they're going into the match with the mindset that they're going to lose, probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. So just for that simple fact alone, mm-hmm. I would say that the brothers gray, were pretty confident that they were going to be able to steal one. And let's face it, it would be an upset because primetime heat. I mean, they're the team to beat right now in BPW. They're on such a roll, not only um, as a collective unit, but as individuals as well, as we see code was able to pick up a victory against not one, but two different opponents. And uh, you know, we see again, this is what I love. This is my favorite thing. The attitude change from primetime heat. They're they're shaking babies and kissing hands or however that goes. I think but, shaking uh, hands, kissing babies. I don't think you want to shake babies, big Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, say six and one half dozen in the other. But yeah, primetime heat victorious here, hitting the 3D. And uh nobody's happier than you for no. your boys. They had a great night. We had a great night at the future show. And I'm so excited for our next future show because I know they will be there. And I know regardless of what they're put up against, they will be victorious. Well, Sage, we don't have to wait long. As we mentioned, we have that bonus future show coming this month. And these things will happen. You know, people call the BPWs in demand. You know, there might be some spot shows popping up here and there like this one did. It's it's in the middle of. The, the normal future show, which is every month, and the pay-per-view, which is also every month. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. And, you know, speaking of, we're talking about our guys right now, Alpha Jr. and Theory, and uh, I believe Phil and Sane are in Hawaii right now mm-hmm. as part of the talent exchange yeah, with East Wrestling. Yeah, so they're sitting there chilling at the beach listening to this podcast. I'm super jealous. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. the opportunities abound here in, in BPW. So wait for our guys to get back. Safe travels, boys. And we look forward to having you here. And then Sage, we're gonna we're gonna bring back a segment that we started doing last week on the podcast, and it's called fantasy booking. And we're doing it BPW style. Last week we tasked Reggie Banner with coming up with a uh, a fantasy match that he'd like to see here, and we let you pick it out this week. And I'll tell you what, this is we don't script this, so I have no idea what you're gonna say here. But I'm interested to give my input. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see what you came up with if Sage Santiago was our GM. So what do you got, Sage? Okay, get this. Get this, Big Show. Dio Bando and Tiara James versus Tina San Antonio and V Marino in a steel cage match with Big Joe as a special guest referee. What? Are you serious? I am serious. You would be so, like, down the line. I could trust you with that match. I can't trust just anyone with that match. My Lord. First of all, I'm honored that you would allow me the, the the privilege and the honor of refereeing a battlefield pro wrestling match that's awesome so thank you for that um second of all i love it sage comes out hard with the mixed tag match 
And second of all, in the steel cage. Like, does this girl know her wrestling or does she know her wrestling? I freaking love it. Now, here's my question. Is this a tornado tag or are we doing standard tag rule? I feel like I think a tornado tag would be more interesting because I definitely could see Tiara James, you know, slapping V Marino. <laughs> I think that would be really fun to watch. I could see Tina San Antonio slapping V Marino yep. for, for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, that's true. I All think right, anyone so... would slap V Marino. All right, Sage, since you're booking the match, pick your winner. Who do you think would win this? Boy, I put Dio Bando on one side. It's definitely <laughs> going to be T.R. James and Dio Bando. <laughs> Stupid question from myself. But yeah, that, I mean, I would have to agree. I think Dio and, and T.R. James could pick up uh, that victory. and uh, But it would be a very entertaining match. We already saw T.R. Mm-hmm. James and Tina San Antonio go one-on-one. And uh, just what a great uh, bombshells match that we had here and hopefully we get to see more of both of those ladies coming up in the future but man fantasy booking is getting interesting now I'm taking the lead on that next week so I'm, I feel like I've been challenged to come up with a more interesting match because you you really mixed it up there so we got mixed tornado tag <laughs> steel cage match with Big Joe as the special guest referee that's going to be a huge referee shirt but we will make it happen so, <laughs> oh lord and then finally we're going to touch on another segment here that we're going to make a regular part of our weekly podcast as well the fan q a now uh this question was sent in it's actually two questions that were sent into reggie banner um reggie sent this to me and uh, the question was why should you choose bpw over other training facilities and what do you get out of bpw in return I, I mean, this is easy for me. Why should you choose BPW over other training facilities? It's simple. BPW is state-of-the-art as far as the uh, the facility itself goes, the Signature Performance Center. Unbelievable. Who has – I mean, they have a full on-site gym, uh, on-site recovery, chiropractic, spas, locker rooms, all that good stuff. Um, you also do the wrestling training here. The rings are there. The, uh, the dojo's there. And so aside from that, aside from just the actual facilities themselves, you have to look at the who's running the running the operation. And that's awful. Um, if you're getting trained in professional wrestling by somebody that hasn't done anything in this business, I mean, where are you really going to go? Um, on the other hand, we have Offa Jr., who was practically born in a wrestling ring. Uh, his dad, the legendary Hall of Famer, Offa the Wild Samoan. Um the, the lineage that Alpha has is unbelievable. We could spend an hour on that alone with the family tree. We'll spare people because everybody should be familiar with that. But to really go and sit under the learning tree of somebody that's been doing this for so long, been around the world, seen and done everything, has made it to the pinnacle of the business in the WWE and other top promotions. I mean, that's where you want to get your training from. And there hasn't been anybody here that I've talked to that does the training that would have it any other way. They they, they want to come back. They want to get better. Um, don't get me wrong. It's not one of those things where it's easy. You know, it's not like off is not going to tell you the things that you need to work on. But at the end of the day, he genuinely cares about this. This is his life. I mean, pro wrestling has been his life since infancy. And it's going to continue that way until the day he leaves the earth. So, I mean, really simple there as far as why you would choose this as a, as a training facility. Sage, you can echo that, I'm sure, uh, being a part of uh, the training program. Oh, most definitely. There's not going to be a better coach than 
then you'll find an offer. And I also want to add in why you should choose it, the atmosphere. I mean, everyone there, you, you are not going to go to another training facility and have as much support and love as you do at Battlefield. I mean, they definitely become your family and there's no if, ands, or buts about it. I, it's, it's just, you become one huge family and the love, the support is just, it's astonishing. It, that's a great point. It really is. And we have, we have people from all different walks of life, all different uh, creeds, colors, races, ages, sizes. Uh, there, there's a, there's a spot for everybody here. We will work with you to make your dream come true here at the battlefield. I, I say we, like I have anything to do with it, but um, I mean, you don't... we'll, we'll figure it out for you. And, uh, Help you you don't even have to dream of being a wrestler. If you want to be a referee, a manager, a commentator, you come here and we'll help you. Like, that's the thing. That's with Alpha is that he's willing to help you accomplish any dream that you have in professional wrestling. And it, it doesn't have to, honestly, it doesn't have to be a wrestler. You can do anything you want here. And that's that's the beauty of this company. Absolutely. That's a good point, too. Hell, come on uh Maybe you'll be the next podcaster here at Battlefield Pro Wrestling or the next ring announcer. Who knows? And uh, to touch on part two uh, of that question, what do you get out of BPW in return? So what you get out of BPW in return is is the, the first class training that you're going to receive. Um, you're going to get opportunities to perform on our shows. And uh, we have plenty of plenty of opportunity to do that here as we do run twice a month. We have a future show dedicated to the, the students. And then we also have the pay-per-view. So once these guys start moving up the roster and they get to that, you know, quote unquote, main roster, pay-per-view roster. I mean, that's when you really know that these guys are ready to, to display um, their talents to the world. And um, that's also going to help you get other bookings uh, with other companies as well. Independent wrestling, a lot of these guys, even Matt Cardona, he makes his he makes his living, you know, making appearances at multiple um, independent professional wrestlings. So you will have those opportunities as well. You'll get to travel. I mean, we have Phil Insane and Tim Theory in Hawaii right now. Not a bad day at work when you're waking up in 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 the islands over there. You know, like that's crazy. We have people going to Puerto Rico. We have people going to Belgium. We had people go down to Florida in WXW. And, uh, you know, to, to sit under office senior, the, the wild Samoans learning tree, like opportunities like that just don't come along, um, to every independent wrestling promotion there is. I mean, let's face it guys. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this. There's a lot of bad pro wrestling out there. It's just the facts. It's not to make us sound like we're so much better than everybody else, but it's, you really have to be careful. You can't go to Joe Schmo's backyard wrestling school and, um, you know, think you're going to make it to the WWE. And on top of that, you have to protect yourself. You, the last thing you want to do is get, is get crippled or, or, you know, even worse death, you know, because you're not trained properly and you, and you don't know how to do this. So that's super important. And, and, you know, that's kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit, but that's true. And, uh, off has been doing this since he's 13. And, and luckily, you know, he, he's avoided any sort of, you know, major health scares, but, uh, I mean, the, the, the bumps are real. And, uh, it drives me crazy when people say wrestling's fake because it is far from fake. But uh, great questions, man. I love this. Everybody out there, please shoot us a message either on the Battlefield uh, Facebook page or comment on uh, myself or Reggie's uh, Facebook, Sage Santiago, her Facebook. Uh, hit us on Instagram. Send your questions. It doesn't necessarily have to be BPW specific. I mean, this was a great question about, you know, 
why we're the best training facility, but uh, send them in. We love this. We love our fans, you know, and uh, looking forward to meeting more of you at our shows coming up here. But Sage, that is it for us again. Uh, just wanted to recap once again. We have BPW bonus future show strike first, June 23rd, 7.30 bell time at the Split Rock Resort. And then right after that, BPW presents Reloaded, our monthly pay-per-view June 25th at the Signature Performance Center bell time, as always, 5 p.m. But Sage, that is it. Another great show. Oh, would you look at that? The crowd loves it. We will take our bow here. Reggie Banner, get well, you filthy animal. Hopefully you get over whatever mange you have right now and we get you back next week. But for Sage Santiago, this is Big Joe Machesco. For the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast, we are out. I've been waiting for days to think about my time in the maze. I'm coming out truly on graves. Everything that I did.